Uh, hello, um, I'm going to be going through The Prophet by Khalil Gibran today. Uh, the Prophet by Jalil, um, <laughs> Khalil Gibran, forgive me. Um, good, good way to start. Uh, this is one of my favourite books of all time. I used to think if I, was, uh, if I was stuck on a desert island, this would be the book I would take with me. I used to take this with me wherever I went, you know. Uh, I'm going through this book today because you know, it was published in 1923, nearly, nearly 100 years ago. It has miraculously kept its relevance, its poignancy, and at a time when society in general is looking at such great change, um, facing such confusion, and ultimately looking to understand itself, it feels, it feels more pertinent, more relevant than ever. Do absolutely love this book. I, um, while I'm going through books in this, in this way, I have been choosing not to do the very popular books, but this one, this one really calls my heart deeply. And, and, uh, and if I'm doing it today, I'm doing it as a celebration of it, you know? So, briefly about the book, as opposed to the story, uh, for a minute. Uh, this is published in 1923. People refer to it as a guide to ethical living. I like that, a guide to ethical living. Um, it's a book that is deeply spiritual, but doesn't point to any religion in particular. Uh, really, really, uh, the word distillation rather than fusion of religion, I feel, um, I feel sums this book up. A distillation of what is pure about any of the religious uh, institutions, creeds, faiths, and so on. It's, it, it, that's what you get through the prophet in, in this book. Um, in, in the book itself, you've got 26 subjects. 26 subjects, uh, um, not, not people, but subject matters, spoken about in... Uh, people say it's poetic, but it's, it's not rhyming poetry, it's more in aphorism. Aphorism, a sentence that seems to contain a, a, universe, uh, a universe of wisdom and, and possibilities in each, uh, in, in, in each sentence. And that's how he speaks about it. You will have heard, if you've, if you've not read The Prophet before, you will have heard quotations from it. Uh, yeah, because people share quotations, but also things like, uh, there is nothing to fear, but fear itself comes from The Prophet. And one of the presidents, one of the presidents said, <laughs> forgive me, said, think not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. That came from the prophet as well, uh, in one of those 26 subjects, I forget right now. Uh, it's a celebration of life, uh, uh, of the love of life, the value of humanity. Uh, I often talk about, uh, I often suggest people listen to books on audio to get the, uh, to get the uh, essence from the author. Of course, the author could not record um, this uh, this this work and it's been since recorded by several people of course, but you know For once I'm gonna say don't listen to an audio recording of this because you you need to have the you need to have the The, the voice in your head. There was a movie made of this a few years ago and, 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 a, and a wonderful wonderful Production Salma Hayek. She was working on it for about 10 years. I think and she got together all these um incredible animators, indie animators from around the world to, 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 uh, and instead of covering each one of the 26, she took eight of them. And it's wonderful, it just didn't really super land for me. 
um, didn't land for me. I see someone asking for readings, not going to do them today, going to do them on Monday, okay? On Monday. And thanks to everyone joining me here. Now, I'm just talking about talking about the Prophet today. Uh, now, Khalil Gibran himself, he was Lebanese. He was Lebanese and he moved to this country, actually to Boston, when he was 12. And they had to move to this country because his father had gotten into some uh, some trouble and uh, with with work and so on. So they moved here. He never became a U.S. citizen, but he uh, sorry, Khalil Gibran never became a U.S. citizen, uh, but he remained here most of his life, returning to Lebanon uh, at least once for an extended period of time. He um, I'll, I'll have to just grab some up here. He he was originally a painter. Look at some of these incredible paintings. That's what he started life as. He was a painter and he only he only moved into writing because he'd been commissioned to do a he'd been commissioned to do a body of work at someone's studio, I'm forgetting her name, but there was a fire there so all this work got um, went up in flames and so he moved on to writing. And he actually, one of the first subjects he was writing about was uh, the emancipation of, of, of women, if, if, I, if I'm coining that correctly. And, in, in, and he, was not, um, he was not well received for it. He was not well received for it. And doesn't that seem like a long, a long time ago? It doesn't seem like a long time ago. And I, I can only think about what he would be writing about now. Someone that was so socially motivated, so... Um, so um, uh, you can imagine viewing, well, I can imagine viewing this country through a foreigner's eyes, because I am one. <laughs> um, but you can imagine, you can imagine, you can imagine uh, how it was for him. His English wasn't particularly good when he moved here. He saw how people were treated. And he, he wrote about it and he spoke to it. Um, let me see. Uh, now, he wrote, uh, he wrote The Prophet in 923, and this was the most popular uh, of his works. He's written a massive amount. Uh, uh, of other wonderful works, but this is what he's most popular for. Now, there is a story in The Prophet, if you haven't read it, there is a story, there is a plot, there is not much of one, um, but you've got the, the Prophet, I believe this is a depiction of him here, Al-Mustafa, and he, uh, he's, on a, he's in a city called Orphalis, and he is preparing to leave it, where after being there for 12 years, and as he prepares to leave and is kind of about to set sail. Um, a lot of the people of the city come, come, come upon him and, and they ask him questions. I believe the question is, tell us everything between birth and death. Tell us everything between birth and death. That's all. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> and, and, and yes, I shall, I shall read some quotes out of this book. I shall do. But if I have one major intention and hope for doing this today, it's that you pick it up. You pick it up yourself. You remind yourself of how, how wonderful this book is and what's in it. Uh, for me, I find it tremendously disarming, uh, tremendously disarming, direct, grounded, relatable. I call him, uh, I call Khalil Gibran the relatable roomie <laughs> because they're, they're from similar, similar traditions, but I could never, I could never really connect with I can never really connect with Ruby. Um, right. Well, let me just let me just dive into a, a, some of the, the 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 quotations that really spoke to me. Um, really spoke to me. Yeah, this is a short. This is a short book. You could read it in. You could read it in 
an hour. But I wouldn't recommend you read it in an hour because it's so rich. Every word, I'm, I'm gonna quote him here. He says, every word of it was the very best I had to offer. Every word, the best he had to offer. And I remember feeling that for the first time when I, when I, when I read this, when I picked it up. It's like, yes, there's not a, there's not a syllable wasted in here. Anyway, um, so he speaks about love. Uh, here's a quote on love. Love gives naught but itself and takes naught but from itself. So love only gives love and love only receives love. Uh, here's a quote on marriage. Um, so I'm fond of this one. Uh, the last time I uh, officiated a wedding, I, I, I said this as part of the um, uh, a sermon, whatever. Um, let there be spaces in your togetherness and let the winds of the heavens dance between you. I love that. Um, Two people joined, two people joined forever, as it were, and he's acknowledging their, their independence, how important their independence from each other, uh, because we're all, we've all grown up with uh, thinking that codependency was important, and these love songs, and, and being attached to each other. You say, no, stand independently, and, and, let, and let your relationship blossom and, and, and breeze between you. He talks about children. He says, you, the parents, you are the bows, from which your children as living arrows are sent forth. And let me find that image for a second. Look at this, I, I brought it up briefly, but there we go. There's, uh, there's the parents, <laughs> there's the parents sending off the arrows into the world there. Um, oh, my, my introduction to what I, what I really fell in love with this book was a section on eating and drinking, it's about food. So he's talking about apple, and he says, your seeds, your seed, talking to an apple, and he's saying, your seeds shall live in my body. The buds of your tomorrow shall blossom in my heart. The law that delivered you into my hand shall deliver me into a mightier hand. I don't know how many times I've shared that with people. Oh my God. Um, people have issues with food and, and vegetarianism and veganism and so on. and and. And just watching, watching a penny drop as you share with someone that that if you, it's the relationship you have with whatever you're eating or drinking. Understanding that both of you are are going to both of you are going to God, and it totally changes the dynamic of eating something, consuming something, if you're on the same journey together. I love that. He um, talks about work. I love this one. Work is love made visible work is love made visible. I, uh, I almost wrote a song, I might, might do one day, but I hear those words as a melody. Okay, two, two, two sections that really caught my eye as I, as I reviewed this work was on crime and punishment and laws. And bearing in mind, this is a hundred years ago, I, I, yes, shy of a, a couple of years shy of a hundred years ago, but um, so, some of these themes I've not, I, I, I don't know where I've come across them in a work this old before. Anyway, the wrongdoer cannot do wrong without the hidden will of you all. So whereas we might look at someone who's done something wrong or, 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 or stolen or something into your bad, she or he, he or she that does that can't do that without our will. So through that person doing something bad, I have. 
I have. So he's talking about, he's highlighting right there judgment and responsibility. He talks about laws. Oh, this, and he's, he's really scathing about this. And it's interesting in a book that's so dripping with love and beauty to, 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 um, to, uh, to, feel, to feel the tone shift. And I don't feel, let, let me just read it to you. You delight in laying down laws, yet you delight more in breaking them. And there's a huge amount more said about that. Of course, there's a huge amount more said about that. Um, but he's talking, he's calling out blindness and hypocrisy in there. And I don't feel an I don't feel a personal agenda there. It feels more like it feels more like Jesus upturning the marketplace. Uh, when I when I when I read that when I read there, so he's calling out the hip oh, and uh, and I, and I'm going to just call this from memory here. He talks about the people who make laws with their backs to the sun, saying that it is the sun that casts the shadows. So so a, a blindness to to what gives the truth, and and almost blaming that. Um, he talks. There's there's a section on freedom, a section on friendship. A section on good and evil, on teaching, on beauty, and all of this, by the way, is on the internet. It will, will not take long to read it. Um, so uh, he talks about pain. Your pain, your pain is the breaking of the shell that encloses your understanding. Your pain is the breaking of the shell that encloses your understanding. And I, I think that's really called to to look at this book today because. Collectively, there's a huge amount of collective pain, isn't there? A huge amount of collective pain as we grow so rapidly. We're ascending. I don't mean ascending. I mean growing and accelerating so quickly, so uncomfortably, painfully. Learning some painful lessons at the moment, um, but but our understanding is 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 a seed blossoming from that. I think the last thing I want to grab at here is he talks about talking. Talks about talking, speaking. He says. You talk when you cease to be at peace with your thoughts. And there are those who have the truth in them, but they tell it not in words. Talking about communication there and um, difference between talking and communicating. And uh, you know we, we've all grown up in a society where people say so much but communicate so little and and, and we look at the louder people, look at the louder people and think they, they know what they're doing, but my God, I think we know that's not true. Um, what else is there to say? This book for me is a love letter to paradox, a love letter to paradox and duality, because that's life and that's humanity. That's humanity, that's humanity growing. Um, the. There's a lot of talk about the ocean because, of course, he's about to set sail and 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 go somewhere. And yeah, of course, it's a giant parable, isn't it? Um, the, the 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 prophet. But I wonder if, in, if in truth, the prophet was actually dying. Um, and because he talks about that, you you really get a sense he's not coming back. He's not going somewhere in return. He's leaving. He's not coming back not coming back. Um, I also feel that if Khalil Gibran had written this more recently, the prophet would have been female. I really, really strongly feel that. And the last thing to say is that 
one of the greatest lessons in this book for me, or I think what's trying to be conveyed here, is about appreciation. About appreciation that we, we only really truly value something when we get a sense that we're losing it, that it's going away. So the book is, book is really about detachment, appreciation. Um, not religious book, and yet, and yet divinity, is, divinity is, is seeping out of every word. So that is The Prophet by Khalil Gibran. It's just delightful. It's delightful. Um, uh, I, I like to think of it as the world's first oracle deck. Really, you can you'd pick it. In fact, I'm just going to do it. Uh, I don't like that one. <laughs> All right. Um, then said a rich man, speak to us of giving. And he answered, you give but little when you give of your possessions. It's when you give of yourself that you truly give. For what are your possessions but things you keep? And God, for fear you may need them tomorrow. And tomorrow, what shall tomorrow bring to the overprudent dog, burying bones in the track, in the trackless sand, as he follows the pilgrims to the holy city? And what is fear of need but need itself? Is not dread of thirst when your well is full, the thirst that is unquenchable? There are those who give little of the much which they have, and they give it for recognition, and their hidden desire makes their gifts unwholesome. And there are those who have little and give it all. These are the believers in life and the bounty of life, and their coffer is never empty. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend, you all, and uh, thank you for listening.